Hi, hi, hello. It's our last episode before Halloween. But the only spooky things on our agenda are Mitch McConnell's hand and Jeffrey Tubin's dick. Also, it's our last episode before the election ends, and we've got two stories that shouldn't be political, but are. When Steph tells you all about Chandra Levy, and I tell you all about Terry Schiavo. Stay tuned. And vote! What up, fam? Feels good, right? Feels good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA to M. I wrote down Mitch McConnell's hands. <laughs> Yo, what's happening there? Mitch McConnell is rotting from the inside. Man, that's what happens. Doesn't it look like a? Isn't that a condition like where your shit falls off? Gangrene. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I think he's taking blood thinners, so it's like. You know, every time he fucking hits his hand against something, it like, but it's a bruise. Yeah, I mean, they look awful. It looks bad, but that's what looks that motherfucker gets. Yeah, honestly, wear some gloves, dude. <laughs> well, he's been trying to walk around with his hand in his pocket like he's a GQ model, but my yeah. dude. Did you see that meme that I can't get out of my head that he looks like the monster from uh, Guillermo del? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, yeah, there yeah, you go. yeah. Yeah, he does look like that. that yeah, movie. like too much. Like seriously, I don't even. I have no problem making fun of this motherfucker's appearance because he's just one of the most horrible human beings to have ever walked the earth. Oh yeah, for sure. And his hands about to fall off. That shit's gonna fall off <laughs> just in time for Halloween. <laughs> Some spooky shit. <laughs> Honestly, if his hand falls off for Halloween, I respect it. <laughs> the timing might be the first thing I'd like that he's ever done. <laughs> Uh, yeah but anyway so let's talk about jeff (laughs) (laughs) oh god jeffrey tubin who i mean is like so successful yes i've you know i'm not gonna do it anytime soon because it's just gonna take so much work but oj simpson right uh, it's funny every time I see OJ Simpson on our list I just keep yep, strolling yep, yep. I'm like <laughs> nope I'm like, I need an MBA to fucking <laughs> well I was really into Jeff Tubin for a while because I read his book The Run of His Life which is what the American that crime show. story is based off of yeah so this is just like one of our premier investigative journalists <laughs> like oh man <laughs> Uh, currently a, a contributor for CNN. Um, right. I think he was on a call with, was it the New Yorker or was it New York, New York Magazine? Times? New York Magazine, maybe? Yeah. Well, on a call this week doing an election simulation for election night with his colleagues. Again, mm-hmm. just like the top of the top, the upper echelon of like <laughs> the journalism, the most fancy journalists on earth (laughs) and uh he took his little dick out and started touching on it i can't believe it like on the zoom and everybody saw it that's so wild how dude he couldn't wait i mean and then we're i actually had uh dinner with my cousin yesterday and she's a lawyer too and and she was like was he did he think it was over (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, I wonder, like, I don't know why. And she was like, even that, though, like, immediately after a meeting, like, it, it's kind of weird. No, they were taking a break. So it was like, okay, everybody, um, take a break for five minutes or ten minutes or whatever. We'll come back. <laughs> but, like, his dick was already out, so he was already touching it on the call. That's what I'm saying. Like, that just don't make sense. This just don't make sense whatsoever, He's just my that dude. horny. No, nobody's that horny. <laughs> That's... <laughs> You're fucking wild. I saw a bunch of memes that are like, what are you guys talking about? A Yuzu meme? Like, <laughs> Yo. I mean, that shit will turn me on. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. When he publishes the stroke of his life, I'm going to buy that shit and read it. Oh, <laughs> but you know what's disturbing to me? That men on the internet just like Captain Sabaho leapt to his defense. Why? They're like, Under what circumstances is this appropriate? They're like, the lines have been blurred. We're working from home now. Uh, this could have happened to anyone. No, it no, could absolutely no, the fuck does, not. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? Yo, oh my God. Go to fucking therapy. Yes. You can't Jesus. keep it in your fucking pants for five no. minutes. That's what I'm saying. Like, even the idea like that, like immediately after a meeting or mm -hmm. maybe like immediately during a break, like you got to jack off. Like, I think, no, you got to go to therapy. Yeah. You got to get that shit figured out. Right. No. Or we're going to have to get you oven mitts like we got Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes me think of the Rugrats. <laughs> Do you remember when they all get chicken pox and yeah. they put oven mitts on them? <laughs> Chucky's all fucked up. <laughs> That's Jeffrey too. Or, or remember, like I used to bite my nails, and they, my mom used to threaten that she was gonna put chile on my nails. I was like, "Yes, bring it on, bitch! I fucking love chile." <laughs> <laughs> we gotta put chile on his fucking hands so he can't touch his little wiener anymore. Oh my god! <laughs> that well, that shit was crazy. That was a wild ride. Because at first, it was just like, oh, he took it out. And then yeah. it was like, no, he was right. touching it. Because at first, I thought, like, oh, was he not wearing pants? You know? like Right. Like, <laughs> an accident? Because he's older. And just, like, it, the lines have been blurred about, like, what's appropriate to wear at, work, at, at home while you're working from home. So I was like, was he not wearing pants? Was he, like, whatever. That would be a better argument for that. Right. Yeah. But then, for that argument. But then. <laughs> a better example for that argument. But then it came out that he was touching it he was stroking that shit that's no. so weird dude so weird so he immediately got suspended from everything and everywhere i mean good luck to you mm -hmm. <laughs> what a way to fucking ruin a like successful yeah stellar career highly regarded <laughs> career like mm. damn you could have done something more embarrassing honestly right but what if he like what if he gets off on maybe one of his coworkers or something you know what i mean like what if yeah. it, what if that's what it was like oh like finally i can touch myself while this bitch is talking or some shit yeah i know yeah i mean it's yeah it's scary it's so it's no yeah <laughs> so <disgusting laughs> like just the idea of this is so weird to me <laughs> we're gonna get some angry listener like well i touch myself at work <laughs> okay bro unless you work as a touching yourself artist then right then it's the or only some sort of sex work yeah <laughs> you think ryan seacrest touches himself while he's on the radio no one's ever gonna see him but <laughs> it shouldn't be like 
really like <laughs> in or on your body at work like that is just like you shouldn't be, be out. your nose don't be picking your nose don't be sticking your finger in your fucking ears that's just a general etiquette from your girl step oh my god don't be putting your fingers in your mouth don't you know oh god yeah um also what happened this week is that chris pratt was the subject of the stupidest like idea i don't know like what people are i guess are assuming is like internet bullying but which i think is not internet bullying it's not yeah so he he was basically part of a meme it was like four chris's chris Mm -hmm. evans chris pratt chris who else was it Uh, i don't know two other i know it wasn't my big chris o'donnell (laughs) (laughs) or chris evans this is the only other chris i remember because he's the only other one i like the one from Uh, wonder woman which one is that one Oh, I don't know. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. And then Chris Chris. Chris, Chris Christie. Christie. <laughs> <laughs> one gotta go. And, yeah. What, and the, yes, the premise of this meme was one has to go. Well, it, there was no other option. Chris right. Pratt had to go. Yeah, he gotta go. Let's ask, well, let's ask Anna Ferris what she thinks. Which one gotta yeah. go? <laughs> then all the fucking Avengers came together. Yo. Like two back him up i guess because this was bullying like relax first of all if you're on twitter they fucking do this every single day and it's not yeah. a, it's not a thing they're like no. which one of these candies gotta go snickers milky way reese's pieces or three musketeers three musketeers doesn't get all the avengers don't assemble to say how dare you bully three musketeers <laughs> there was one going viral like literally later in the week that was like one of these thanksgiving dishes has to go yeah. it was like yams mashed potatoes <laughs> mac and cheese and fucking cornbread oh i know which yeah, one you like, say Cornbread didn't fucking come for yams and be like, hey, my boy yams is good. <laughs> Although I did see people arguing about it. And then it was just funny. Because right. a lot of people said yams. What? And they were like, if your family doesn't know how to make yams, just tell us. <laughs> and I was dying. I was like, fuck. I love Twitter. And it's always like that. It's always like a fun little argument. But these motherfuckers had to take it so goddamn seriously. I know. Robert Downey Jr. First of all, Robert Downey Jr. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need fucking (laughs) reputation advice from you, bro. (laughs) Rosario Dawson, his uh, castmate in the... Fuck, what is that movie they're in? Challengers of the Galaxy. (laughs) Rosario Dawson is in... Is it not Rosario Dawson? This is Schmaces. Oh, Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Zoe Saldana, sorry. And I actually confuse them often, which makes me sad. Uh, are they both Puerto Rican? I don't know. Which one is Puerto Rican? I mean, they're both Latina. I think they're both Puerto Rican. Okay. Uh, but one sucks and one doesn't. <laughs> and one Ouch. is in a fake relationship and one is <laughs> that's all there is to say about that i mean i thought what i said was bad but never mind. Uh, yeah so that was stupid chris pratt sucks he just chris does pratt, i mean yeah especially compared to captain america and shit yeah show us your dick chris pratt and then maybe we'll <laughs> reconsider <laughs> Chris Pratt in, like, early Chris Pratt, early... Um, Parks and Rec? Yeah, I mean, he would have not had to have gone. Really? Still compared to the same Chris's? Yeah, because who's that Wonder Woman Chris? Fuck that guy. Chris Pine? Yeah, who's he? he- I would have been like, oh, I'd rather keep Chris Pratt, because... Mm. Yeah, 
I don't know. I like Chris Pine. He seems like chill. He you always... didn't even know his name until yesterday, until right now. Chris Pine? Yeah, but every <laughs> time I see paparazzi shots of him, he's always doing something cool. He's always like <laughs> buying books. <laughs> oh, it was Chris Evans, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, and Chris, God damn it, Hemsworth. Oh. Wait, is Chris Hemsworth Miley Cyrus? The... No. Oh. Oh, he he's could the go. Older that's, one. that's the one I would have said. He's not Thor, right? Thor. He's in Thor. Thor. This is so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's Thor. He's actually, Thor. Right? Yeah. If okay, if you would have asked me with early Chris Pratt, I would have said Thor could go because I don't really care about him. Yeah, I'd be fine with Thor. Or honestly, I'm fine with all these Chris's having to go. <laughs> all of <laughs> them have to show Chris, us their dicks, <laughs> except for Chris Evans, <laughs> who already showed us his dick. So you Hemsworth, Pine, and Pratt. <laughs> I saw that somebody was saying we need to replace Pratt with Chris Messina. Oh, okay. Sure. He's he's, uh, he's annoying to me. Is it because of Julie and Julia? No, but also that. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually I hate all of the Julie part. Wait, Julia. Yeah, all the Julie parts yeah. of that movie. I kind of was ambivalent towards him, but then... He recently went like silvery blonde for some movie. And I was yeah, like, like, damn, you looking kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He's really short. Yeah, he seems like um, Jennifer Aniston's ex. Oh, no. Justin Thoreau? Yeah. Yeah, they seem like they're the same height. Oh, same height? Sure. So, also, but... also speaking of another and other dick touching news. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. Oh my God! <laughs> A personal attorney to the president, <laughs> uh, former America's mayor, <laughs> got caught red-handed with his hand down his pants in the new Borat movie film. Remember, I showed you that he was like Times Person of the Year, two thousand one. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. We were just talking about how he's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm glad. I want some part of his body to fall off, too. Goes to his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to sell this bo- this bogus uh, Hunter Biden story that the, that the Russians planted. That allegedly Hunter Biden took his laptop into some like laptop repair person and then the laptop repair person looked inside and saw all these emails that implicated Joe Biden in like a conspiracy to um, extort money from Ukraine or some shit like what it's a fucking ridiculous yeah Uh, anyway there Giuliani also laptop repair shop what are you talking about what and also this Hunter is, Biden lives in LA and the like the laptop repair shop is like the in, Apple store? <laughs> it's like in Virginia or something and it's like <laughs> and yeah, he's trying to get the FBI to you know, drop a last minute interference before the election to say like we found these emails and we got to make a retirement age for these guys. Oh, like, seriously. That's fuck, man. Like no, this is enough. Well, the president brought it up in the in the debate last night. He was like, why aren't you guys talking about the laptop from hell? (laughs) (laughs) 11 more days as of today, guys. Did you see that? uh, 
the story of that guy Steve Bing. I think we never talked about when he he committed suicide. Which who that? He, he yeah, he's not like really famous. He's more like linked to famous people. Mm-hmm. He was Elizabeth Hurley's ex husband. Oh, but he was like a a movie financier and uh-huh. like producer, uh-huh. and then he committed suicide like a few weeks or months ago, and we had never talked about it, but. I guess they just like figured out his estate and he, when he was 18 years old, had inherited $600 million. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And like when he committed suicide, he only had 300,000 to his name, which might explain part of why he did it. No, you would spend the last 300, right? I don't know. Right? Or no, maybe you. Or you don't. Or you think that's so little? You're like, what am I gonna do with this? <laughs> or like, um, if you have people that you need to leave money to, you're like, well, here's something. At yeah, least. but yeah, and he had kids. Did you see that Jason Derulo just hit number one this week or something? On what? Uh, on the billboards with because he has a song with BTS and you know BTS has like yeah they're huge I don't know whatever anyway so he hit number one and then he bought everybody a shot at um, Catch LA at Catch yeah and so it was like a hundred grand yeah so it's like if I was like oh shit I only have three hundred thousand dollars left I'm gonna kill myself like I would do something like that <laughs> like I guess what if it comes out for more than three hundred thousand and then uh, your shit gets oop. rejected. <laughs> <laughs> that's real embarrassing. Then you really don't care so. <laughs> that's fucked up. That's a fucked up joke. Uh, and I, <laughs> did you see that Trump's Twitter got hacked? No. What? What were they saying? Nice stuff or what? How did we know? I didn't even catch what they were saying, but because they they you know obviously caught it like pretty quickly, but they didn't hack it. They guessed the password. Oh my god! You want to know what it was? What his what password was? <laughs> <laughs> big dick energy no i'm sure you could guess if i gave you 10 tries you could guess it but it's maga 2020 exclamation exclamation point shut <laughs> up <laughs> oh my god so these dudes just fucking guessed it and then just started tweeting <laughs> that's hilarious it's not even like high level hackers it's mm-hmm. just some fucking kids yep that's hilarious <laughs> What else? Uh, oh, another dick touching. Another dick oh, touching. Jesus. Did you see the official Twitter account of Fort Bragg started sexting someone on their, like it was whoever was <laughs> running the account didn't realize that they were still tweeting from the official Fort Bragg account instead of their account. And they were like tweeting at some sex workers. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with these people? Men. I know, man. Like what the fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> They're just fucking like barbarians. Like yeah. they're so ridiculous. Yeah. And like everything in the world makes it like appropriate for them to be like overly sexual oh, and kind sure. of like applauds it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like vindicates this kind of like disgusting fucking behavior. It's right. like, dude, no. Yeah. Do that shit, you know, <laughs> in the privacy of wherever, like privately. Yeah. yeah. Like literally, <laughs> literally we like there was a whole case study on Jeannie the feral child for touching herself. Like I y'all know. are feral. <laughs> <laughs> you know, motherfuckers are feral. Like, um, I remember in law school, I took a women, like women in the law class, and our professor was like super against Hooters restaurant. Oh, really? Oh, did you she... know Darcy and Stacey used to work at Hooters? No, I just really? saw That's... a picture of them. They look so cute. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> and she was like so fuck. She fucking hated it. She's like would always talk about how it's just like you know like it's just like how is this even like a fucking restaurant that exists like yeah 
just like turn like your waitress has to have huge tits for you to eat these chicken wings like what <laughs> how is this a premise that became a fucking franchise <laughs> right and you a know? casino and an airline and shit i know i forgot there's a hooters casino i don't think it exists anymore i hope not we need to have like a male equivalent to it though like where we can go and see guys in like short shorts but women aren't like that like you know what i mean yeah i, I don't think it would i mean maybe it, you could open like one but is it gonna yeah. become this inter are we gonna have a franchise right, a hotel, right, right. Uh, you yeah know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's who I goes got. to the hooter hotel <laughs> you know it used to be called something else and then i well i stayed there one time before it was the hooters hotel this is like gotta be i must have been like 14 years old or something i want to say it was like 20 dollars a night to stay there <laughs> yeah like it's so cheap so yeah and on strip basically right it was like, like slightly off slightly off yeah you can yeah. walk to the strip in like two seconds oh that's perfect yeah <laughs> it was really shitty though like i like disgusting did it have a casino actually yeah or it was it just a, a hotel okay hmm interesting and everything was boob shaped <laughs> The dice was just a pair of tits. <laughs> <laughs> there's only two numbers on this dice. How many nipples you get? <laughs> but they're smooth though. So like <laughs> So it's <was> really hard. <laughs> this is why the casino closed down. <laughs> I didn't think just... that shit through. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what would I, like, I mean, like, the premise of, like, a restaurant with, like, men in short shorts that, like, I would be, like, how fucking stupid, but, like, just, like, fine, like, model yeah. men, like, dressed well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, like, they yeah, don't I even don't have to be naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't yeah. want to see a guy in short shorts, like, right, right. put on some fucking trousers and a nice button-up, like, Ooh. you know? Yeah, yes. like, that sounds better. Like, right. I would, that might function, actually. <laughs> We out here trying to function. <laughs> or did we talk about that restaurant where it was like you had to, um, where it's it's called like Breakfast Bitch or something? <laughs> it's, no. Oh, well, it's in Miami and it's called Breakfast Bitch, and its whole premise is that the everybody calls each other bitch. So like the waitress will come up to you and oh. be like, and be like, "What's up, bitch? What do you want for breakfast, bitch?" Like, yeah, whatever, I've seen whatever. that going viral. I saw them calling a little kid a bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> they're like come on bitch <laughs> that's so funny well anyway that's adorable to me like that's so yeah. cute but of course a man had to fucking ruin it within five seconds of them opening some what some garbage monster came over and was like <laughs> garbage monster <laughs> and was like uh, you know and bitch you better bring me my motherfucking bloody mary bitch and Aww. then and then was like and then when she was like excuse me like he was like you heard me bitch do i need to say it again bitch oh like oh my god and was just getting like real fucking aggressive and disgusting and then like yeah. the manager had to come over and then he like th he made a scene he like threw the drinks off of his table and it's like of course we can't have nice things we can't do this like cute little thing because because no. y'all are gonna take it too far gonna be somebody yeah I just saw this meme that made me laugh because it, and it was like, let me see, let me find it. I saved it. <laughs> women, women and men should get equal pay. Men, so that means I could kick you in the stomach and body yep. slam you on the concrete and fart in your face. 
since we equal now yeah like, that's there's so gonna true be some trash man like right. that yeah like why does that bother you if that bothers you you got problems mm -hmm. what's up everyone <laughs> this is the drama club this is the podcast about when seven people get into a house and stop, <laughs> stop acting polite. polite and start, start getting, getting real. real welcome to the drama club <laughs> no just kidding uh this is a podcast about celebrity scandals gossip drama pop culture politic sport sport oh go dodgers Ooh, go dodgers i think they heard us talking shit about them last week so i know they really uh, let's fucking... talk shit again, uh, about them again today yeah fucking cody bellinger <laughs> you i'm just kidding <laughs> that's <seems> so mean <laughs> fuck you kike hernandez <laughs> what a dope name <laughs> that's my uncle's name kike his nickname almost because his name is enrico so his nickname oh, is wow. kiko that's cool uh all right wait introduce a... yourself oh sorry my name's stephanie my bad <laughs> my name is may welcome Welcome. It's a two-part episode Woo. this week, and I'm up first because cool. you were up last time. Hey, I'm gonna do Chandra Levy. <gasps> okay, one of Which, the one of the great heads of hair of a uh, of a regular person. <laughs> Literally, right before this, I was like, "Look up how you pronounce her last name. Is Levy? it Levy or oh, Levy? I would say Levy. I've heard Levy since okay. it happened." All right, I'll say Levy then. All right, so I got this from an article in the Washington Post called Who Killed Chandra Levy? Uh, podcast episode, You're Wrong About episode on uh, Chandra's disappearance. And also this really great Reddit thread by username Foxcat007. <clears throat> All right, Chandra was born in Cleveland, but she grew up in Modesto, which is a small town in Northern California. Shout out to Modesto. Also, where Scott Peterson murdered his wife. Yeah, which I know. Trips me out. And also, where um, one of my dad's patients has a taco truck, a burrito, actually a burrito and taco truck. And sometimes when they come down, they bring like fifteen burritos for us. That's tight. I mean, I imagine if you have a taco truck, you got a burrito truck, right? Like, true. Except for I went to a taco truck last Friday that did not have burritos. I mean, just wrap that shit up. <laughs> just put like all the tortillas together like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stitch that shit together. I'm going to show you guys how to double your menu real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her family was conservative Jewish. Her dad was a surgeon. They were upper middle class, hella granola, vegetarian and shit. She was super athletic growing up and lived an active lifestyle. She went to San Francisco State University and then after college worked for the L.A. mayor, Richard Riordan. 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 And then enrolled at USC for a master's degree in public administration. Damn. Yeah, she's, she's doing things. She's tight. Yeah. In 2000, during her last semester at USC, she got a paid internship with the Federal Bureau of Prisons in D.C. Mm -hmm. So she moved over there. She was assigned to the Public Affairs Division and she was like killing it doing really good mm -hmm. living by herself in dupont circle which is pretty trendy area of dc yeah. and then while she was out there she met this dude representative gary condit mm. i don't know this is a bad idea <laughs> so basically she was like walking in the building where the house of representatives are with her homegirl one day mm -hmm. and chandra's like oh i want to meet my house rep and so yeah. she 
it happens to be Gary Condon. She goes to his office. Yeah. And she didn't really think that she would meet him, but he was there and he comes out and he's like, oh, I want to introduce myself to my constituents. <laughs> well, I get that. Like if we were in there, we'd be like, oh, shit, like who's our representative? Let's go see, you know? Yeah, for sure. But then Gary, like he straight up takes her and her homegirl on a little tour, private tour around the building. My dude, don't you got work to do? Right? Or, aren't you too busy like, for this? Two young 20-year-old girls show up and it's time for like a <laughs> impromptu 30-minute break. <laughs> what the fuck? Tell the president I'll call him back. Gay <laughs> <laughs> <Get in contact. laughs> He would definitely take his dick out in Zoom. <laughs> so Gary was in his early 50s when he met Chandra. He had held his seat for 11 years at that point Yo. and had a glowing reputation within his district. Yeah, they really love this fool. He had he was like cookie cutter. He'd been married for 30 years. Oh, they love that shit. His dad was a pastor. Oh, God. Yeah, he was like the kind of Democrat that appealed to both parties. Yeah. Oh, God. He would have been president. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> he took a picture with the two young ladies and then even offered Chandra's homegirl a job. What? Like on the spot and shit? Yeah. Damn. Chandra became infatuated with him and allegedly the two immediately began an affair. Mm -hmm. She began showing up at his office for, quote, career advice. And I guess that's how everything kind of got started mm. she seems like she pursued him heavy yeah and then she started meeting with him and staying at his apartment in the city several nights a week oh pete campbell vibes because it's his family's back in cali so he's like has an apartment in the city monday through thursday and thursday would fly to cali i don't like that <laughs> I actually wrote a la Mad Men vibes, man. Yeah, funny. yeah, because he's yeah. got a pied de terre. That's where yeah. his wife was like, okay, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, over I, there, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Gary, obviously, he would have wanted to keep this relationship private, but Chandra was really into him and excited about the whole thing. That's, I mean, how old is she again? She's probably like, she's getting her master's, so she's like 20. Three, twenty-four. Twenty-four, yeah. But like yeah. what I don't understand is sure, okay, you want to fuck around with this like married, powerful dude. I get that. I'm with you. Let's do this shit. Yeah. However, you don't like you don't delude yourself into thinking like getting too excited about it. You know what I mean? Like this is like as far as that shit's gonna go. He's yeah. not gonna leave his wife for you. Um, this is funny because when Harry Met Sally just got on HBO. So it I watched oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and Carrie Fisher's character is like with a married man, remember? Yep. And she's always like, he, she, he's never going to leave his wife for me. Yeah. And they're, like all her friends are like, he's never going to leave his yeah. wife for me. Like we yeah. know this. Like, yeah, anyway, so so she's excited. She, I guess she would tell her friends and her mom that she was dating this handsome congressman and that he looked like Harrison Ford, which... Gary Condit. Girl. Mm-mm. Please stop. Bitch. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> that's a reach yeah she would like brag about the gifts he got her and stuff anyway so her internship then abruptly ended in 2001 because she had basically she completed her master's degree so she didn't qualify academically anymore to have this like paid oh, student was, internship oh, okay got it so then she was sent she was set to return to california for her graduation but before she left she met up with one of her guy friends and 
had dinner with him and told him that Gary was in love with her and that he said he was going to leave his wife to marry her. She even told this oh. guy friend that Gary had told her that he would give up his seat in Congress for her. Oh, God. Girl, also, you need to be more discreet. Seriously. She needs better friends. Yes. <laughs> Shortly after that, Chandra disappeared. She missed her flight home. She missed her graduation. Then on May 6, 2001, after five days of not being able to reach her, Chandra's dad phoned the DCPD and asked them to do a wellness check at her condo. Uh The police called around to hospitals and then went to her place where they found no indication of foul play. And then on May 7th, Robert, her dad, told the police that she had been involved in an affair with a congressman who he believed to be Gary Condit. Wow. Her aunt, who Chandra had also confided in about the affair, also called police to corroborate, and so did that friend that she had had that last dinner with. <laughs> police and then, Linda Tripp, who heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> oh, I laughed too hard. Yeah. <laughs> police then obtained an official warrant to conduct a formal search of her place. Inside, they found her credit cards, her identification, some dirty dishes, and her cell phone. And it looked like she had been slowly packing for her trip back home because there were also partially packed suitcases. Mm-hmm. Her answering machine was full with messages from family. Answering and, machine. And two from <laughs> Gary asking where she was and why he hadn't heard from her. Mm. All in all, it was nothing super suspect found in the apartment. Even the fact that her cell phone was left behind. This was 2001. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was like pretty nor- kind of normal back then. Because remember, 2001 cell phones aren't like now it's just literally. right you can't even text on it right i don't think so yeah. no so police fucked up this case like mm-hmm. a lot uh, let's just start by that okay. but their first mistake happened during the search of her apartment because an inept sergeant just tried to examine chandra's laptop and inadvertently corrupted all of her internet search history what what did he <laughs> How is that like, even possible? What the fuck are you doing? That's why I kept thinking I was t- talking to Hoel about this story. Yeah. And I was like, could you imagine being a cop and like seeing a computer? Like, why would you go in there if you don't know what you're doing? Exactly. Like, I wouldn't even go in there. I'd be like, May, come look at this. Like, I know I'm going to fuck something up. Like, But how do you fuck it up even to that extent? Like, if you don't know how to use it and like you open it. Like, he, he just went in there and was like, clear history, fucking idiot. <laughs> how do i read emails is it this thing that says delete all <laughs> that's why like there's this great amy schumer sketch that always makes me think of like my mom because she'll be like it's a sketch where amy and her mom are in therapy because her mom keeps asking her help on her computer <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and like that my mom does that to me all the time and I my dad like, does that to me all the time and like. i literally like i i does my it make temper, your blood boil yes yes yeah. yes yes because then uh, she'll be like okay how do i send the email do i click this thing that says send email <laughs> <laughs> how about my dad got mad because he wanted <laughs> i'm already mad <laughs> He is alleging Uh that his bank account just has like, I'm just going to say a number for Uh the sake of this story, $2,000 missing. Okay. And he's alleging that the bank, yeah, that the bank somehow did this. Yeah. So he asked his bank to send him all of his statements from 2016 to present. Holy shit. 
And also, they charge you for that past like a certain, right? Okay, anyway. uh, okay. So they sent it to him in PDF form. So uh-huh. he wanted me to print out every <laughs> fucking statement for him because he needs to look at it like with a highlighter, a highlighter. <laughs> and a pen and shit and like a fucking magnifying glass. I don't know. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I was like, why can't you just look at the PDF? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was trying to show him like how to highlight and shit. Right. And then he got all pressed like on the PDF, you know, uh-huh. and like yeah. strike through and make like comments. He got frustrated and was like, no, you don't like to help me. Oh, that's what. Yep. I've had that fight. It always leads to like this problem. So then whatever. So then cut to what I ended up doing was I went to the office and printed out all the shit for him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'll just print it at the office because there's too much paper and shit. And it's expensive. Fuck yeah. Anyway, so. So then, like, a few days later, we were at the house, and my brother was there. My dad was like, Victor, come help me on the computer because your sister doesn't like to help me with anything. And then I was, then Victor came back down. I was like, what happened? What did he need help with? Oh, he wanted to, like, get rid of a tab. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the stupidest shit. Dude, you really can't fall behind like at all yeah. in terms of like computers or technology because if you fall behind just like a little bit, which I think our parents are, or the generation of our parents were like really hesitant mm-hmm. with technology and yeah. like then, you know, I mean, that shit didn't go away, which I think they, I think maybe they thought it would go away or. Or they thought, I think they thought it was for work. You know, so it's like or like students or whatever. Yes. So they wouldn't need it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like they just never like stayed up to date. And now it's like so fucking far. Yeah. Beyond like the regular stuff that like it's complicated. But really, you just can't you can't let yourself fall behind because. Yeah. That shit is changing constantly. And like the more you fight it, like the worse it's going to get. You think we're going to get like that, though? No, because exactly what I'm saying. Like you just don't fight it. Right. Like you just yeah. keep fucking going for it yeah true okay anyways <laughs> whew, who knows what the oh yeah that guy <laughs> okay so so it it took computer experts a month to reconstruct the data that this fool had corrupted in the search what the fuck? also how much like data could she have on her computer in 2001 you know what i mean like what does she have her like a calendar yeah i don't know they, well, what they really wanted to see was what she was, like, searching for on... Oh, yeah, sure. The date that she l- left. Um, so, on the morning of May 1st, she had searched websites for Amtrak. She Googled Gary's name. <laughs> <laughs> she Googled Baskin-Robbins. She searched hey. for seats on Southwest Airlines and did some research on travel in France. Mm-hmm. So, it was pretty, like, not... You know, it was like normal. Like she had been talking to her family that she wanted to go to France after she graduated. She wanted to eat Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. Like it was like she wanted to s- t- take an Amtrak train to a Baskin Robbins, eat uh-huh. the Baskin Robbins, and then from there fly off to France. Yeah, go fuck Gary, then Gary- go to France. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like a plan. So she also Googled Rock Creek Park and mm-hmm. downloaded a map of the park. So immediately, Gary became suspect number one. Mm-hmm. This would also later prove to be a huge mistake, although I don't think it was a huge mistake to look into him in the beginning because, you know, you always start like yeah. closest to closest and then move outward. Right. It was kind of easy to point the finger at him, too, because they really had no other leads. Mm-hmm. Gary had a lot to lose if this affair went public. Exactly. His, pri- his private life would 
probably have been destroyed and then his career in Congress would probably end also. Plus, we what we did know was that she was super infatuated with him, so it did seem kind of like straight up fatal attraction. Mm, yeah. Another mistake is that the police never asked for Chandra's building security tapes. What? So, how silly, right, May? Yeah, that's ridiculous. They could have confirmed what time she left or right. what she was wearing or maybe if fucking Gary had walked in right, or something, right, right. you know, like, yeah. And the building that she lived in, their protocol was to delete videos after seven days. So they just didn't get the tapes Jesus. ever. Jesus. Two weeks after her disappearance, Chandra's parents became super disillusioned with the way that the D.C. police was handling it. Uh -huh. So they took matters into their own hands. They hired a PR firm and they went to Congress and TV to tell Chandra's story and about the affair and to help find her. This led to a media fucking frenzy. Yeah. It was literally considered the number one news story. Like every news station was running with this fucking story until 9-11 happened. Wow. I remember her picture like it was yesterday, you know. Everywhere. Like, uh, yeah. And of course, because it has echoes of bill clinton and monica lewinsky you know the intern the affair i think yeah, it, it's seedy. easy yeah it's it's perfect for tv and for media yeah after her parents publicly called out gary for the affair other women came forward with their own stories about relationships that they had with gary and the dinners and whoa. gifts that he gave them too whoa yeah so it just got juicier yeah by the way to this day gary denies that he ever had an affair with chandra why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? But investigators matched his semen DNA on oh. her chonies. Oh. <laughs> and for those of you who are not Latinx, chonies means underwears. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, but these freaks couldn't check the tapes, but they could check her fucking chonies? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need to send someone down here to erase all the security footage but we're gonna need it <laughs> send csi to check her fucking, they got some fucking bozo on the computer just deleting shit <laughs> somebody else just looking through her underwear drawer <laughs> shit's wild up in dc yo <laughs> And not to get all 90s on everybody, but also his phone number was number seven on her speed dial. So this was like a huge thing back then, too. Like, remember, yeah, yeah, like yeah. having speed dial? Yeah, I remember that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. <laughs> Gary also denied the hell out of being involved in any way in her disappearance. <laughs> he told investigators that he had last seen her in April because she was due to go back home to California in early May. Mm hmm. He then came forward with what will be known as the greatest alibi of all time when he produced footage of himself voting on C-SPAN the evening that she disappeared. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean that he didn't like hire somebody or something. And that's where the story goes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so around uh, May 1st, when they believed that was the exact time that she had disappeared, he was meeting with Dick Cheney and voting. Oh. So, so then Dick Cheney became kind of like a character witness on this whole thing. Right. The thing with Gary is that he's a fucking politician. His schedule is super airtight. So yeah. he didn't really have any holes in his schedule where it was like, Dick, meet with Dick Cheney, fucking murder Chandra. Like, <laughs> right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. This is a house of cards. Like. Yeah. It was pretty obvious from the beginning that he most likely would not have committed the murder himself or like, you know, but 
it's still obviously like may said a possibility that he could have paid someone or something like that mm -hmm. but the media still around with the story that he murdered her because that's just showbiz yeah so the police then looks into some other dudes that chandra was hanging out with but that didn't lead anywhere because they weren't anyone she was really close with and no one who really had any motives to kill her they really didn't have anybody else to look at other than gary who was clearly lying about the affair why are you that's the problem too like, that's what makes him sketchy too is that he's lying about this affair yeah but he was kind of not lying very clearly not lying about the dis like being involved in her disappearance like it, it just didn't make sense honestly that he you know that he had anything to do with it right he even donated money to her parents to aid in the search so every whatever so anyways in the media every news story was about gary condit and their affair and how he had this motive to make her disappear because it was going to ruin his career and his mm -hmm. life plus her parents are calling him out on every news station in the country like straight up by name mm -hmm. <clears throat> chandra's dad said that at the time he would wake up and there'd be like hundreds of reporters in his front lawn covering this story and that was all the way up until 9 11 when i like i said like then mm -hmm. everything clicked and like nobody cared about chandra anymore no one cared about anything anymore on May 22nd, 2002, a man walking his dog found a human skull and remains off a trail in Rock Creek Park. So we're like a year out now. Whoa. The skeletal remains matched Chandra's dental records. Detectives then found bones, a sports bra, leggings, tennis shoes, all scattered. But nothing seemed to have been buried. This is another way the police fucked up. The police searched this park because it was like one of five things that she had Googled the morning that mm -hmm, she went missing. Mm -hmm. She wasn't at Baskin Robbins. She wasn't in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wasn't at Amtrak. <laughs> yeah. she, she wasn't with Gary. Right. So they searched the park, but not the slope where the remains were found. The remains were found only four miles from Chandra's apartment. She went for a run. Yeah. It was a clear fuck up by the police. And the chief even admitted that it was unacceptable that everything had not been found much sooner if they would have had the videos of her of her in her building she would they would work out yeah yeah after the autopsy the police announced that they were opening a homicide investigation there was evidence that she had been strangled on the bones that they found but it was really tough there wasn't like a lot of evidence to right. pinpoint exactly the cause of death because over a year had passed Ugh. and it's outside it's not right. buried right yeah on May 28, 2002, Chandra's family laid her remains to rest in Modesto in a public service where over 1,200 people attended. The eulogy was delivered in Hebrew and English. Aww. So police then started this homicide investigation and they started back in uh, Rock Creek Park. And they were led to this serial predator of this park by the name of Ingmar Guandanik. Mm -hmm. And they were, they, this name was brought to their attention by a jail informant. Which I don't like that jail informants notoriously not trustworthy. Yeah, they have every reason to lie and nothing to yeah nothing to lose yeah, by yeah. lying. Right on you're wrong about. I think that he said that something like thirty five percent of wrongful convictions are jail because house? of a jail informant. Wow. Okay. Yeah, like it's like really daunting. Like we shouldn't use that technology, but you know, like lazy technology. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> Y'all, I'm that, that sergeant that deleted all 
our fucking emails. <laughs> what does this do? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> Man, shut up. <laughs> We're never gonna get through this fucking episode. Jail, dude. Jailhouse informant version 2.0 comes out. That shit drops on. If I'm November. looking for an informant, should I download this app called Jailhouse Informant? So Ingmar was an undocumented construction worker from El Salvador. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Weeks after Chandra's disappearance, he had been arrested for attacking a female jogger in the park. In which the same he, park, the same park, uh-huh. in which he dragged her off the the trail and held her at gunpoint. But that runner was able to get away and ran into the road to ask for help. He was then found in the park and arrested. And then another woman came forward that he had attacked her in the same same way when she was jogging in the park. One thing uh, you're wrong about pointed out, which I thought was interesting, was that the jailhouse informant said this guy did it, right? Uh But the crimes that we know he did do against these two female joggers, those happened after Chandra's disappearance. And he didn't kill them. So it would have kind of made more sense if those would have happened before and it was like an escalation. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of makes it not credible right away, which I totally would have not thought that, but But, these are smarter people than me, uh, uh, obviously. uh, Wait, 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 but okay. What if just the first one wasn't, uh, what if it was just an accident? Like, oh shit, you know, like he didn't intend to kill her. So it's not necessarily... Uh, uh, like a case of escalation or de-escalation just like oh fuck and now I know better right that's true actually because we really don't know what happened with Chandra yeah 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 um Imar tried to say that he had accidentally bumped into the woman and knocked her off the trail the woman that he held at gunpoint uh, uh then when police showed him a picture of Chandra he said yeah that he had seen her running around the park because like she ran at that park uh-huh. but he denied having anything to do with her disappearance the informant, however, said that Ingmar had told him that Gary Condit paid him $25,000 to kill Chandra Levy. And they quickly ruled out the Gary story because Ingmar had already admitted to assaulting the other two women in the park. So it didn't mm-hmm. make sense that he would like, oh, yeah. yeah, like just happen to also get hired for pay at the same right. fucking park right. where he happened to be assaulting women. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, what did Gary look up? Rock Creek Park Assaulter <laughs> for hire. And it's like, buy what, get two free or something? Yeah, like... <laughs> also, but, what, what, where's the money? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Ingmar had skipped work on the day that Chandra disappeared. Damn, they but, knew that from like a year before? Mm-hmm. But Ingmar denied ever attacking her. He was given a polygraph test on November 28th, which he failed... And a second test came back inconclusive. However, he wasn't fluent in English and both tests were administered in English. Oh, well, yeah. So this is bullshit and we should not use this type of technology. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. To borrow a term from you, this is already a sketchy technology. Right. And then on top of everything, you're going to throw this fucking, you know, wrench into it. Yeah. Which honestly, you know why they didn't have interpreters to administer the test? Because there were so many interpreters held up in dc at this time because of 9 11 
that they couldn't get a Spanish. Spanish? Yeah, I don't know why. Huh. Like, interesting. But they couldn't get a Spanish interpreter to administer his polygraph test. Mm. Meanwhile, Ingmar was convicted of the other two attacks at Rock Creek Park and sentenced to 10 years in prison. The Chandra case then went cold until 2006. The new D.C. police chief, Kathy Lanier, opened up the case and replaced all the lead detectives and the investigators. Mm -hmm. In 2008, they searched Ingar's prison cell and they found a picture of Chandra that he had cut and saved from a magazine article about the attacks. That's fucking weird. It's super weird. They started interviewing people who worked at the park as well as former cellmates of Ingmar's and obtained some information about him describing the killing of her in the park. Mm. On March 3rd, 2009, Ingmar was arrested and charged with Chandra's murder. He pled not guilty to kidnapping or first-degree murder among all the other charges. Mm -hmm. His trial started on October 18th, 2010, and his former cellmate, the jail informant, was mm -hmm. a star witness. He testified that he had heard Ingmar confess to the murder and detail the kidnapping. Ingmar's lawyers brought in Gary to testify and asked him point blank if he had had a sexual relationship with Chandra, which he pled the fifth. Uh, <laughs> why, though? I don't know, mate. Who is and advising this man? Like, if you're this man's lawyer, you have to say, all right, dude, just fess up. We know you didn't do it, so. And I think the Washington Post article I read about it talked about how Gary's lies about the affair muddled this fucking investigation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it makes it seem like he has something, like clearly he has something to hide, right? Yeah. The affair, but also what else? Like, I mean, if you're capable of trying to hide this, like what else are you capable of yeah. trying to hide? Especially in the face of all the evidence that we have. Like we right. have your semen, my dude. Like, right. And you're still trying to lie about it. Right. You're number seven on her speed dial, my guy. Yes. Like, you know, like she said, she's so fucking into you. She thinks you look like Harrison Ford. <laughs> and you do not. <laughs> yeah. Like, let it go. <laughs> Ugh. So ultimately, Ingmar was found guilty of the murder. The conviction was called a miracle because it was reached with like only circumstantial evidence and very little circumstantial yeah. evidence. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking about an undocumented person, an mm -hmm. immigrant, mm -hmm. a prior offender, you mm -hmm. know, like yeah. there's lots of things not going in his favor. Uh, they were seeking the max sentence for Ingmar, citing his danger to women and several instances in which he had harassed female staff in prison and he had even like masturbated in front of guards. Like he was a sketchy dude. He was a Jeffrey Tubin. They also had information that he had originally fled uh, the ES because of attacks against women dating back to the 90s. Oh, God. Lock him yeah. up. Oh, so the, is the max life? Uh, yes. Okay. He was given 60 years in prison. And at his sentencing, he addressed Chandra's parents and he told them he was very sorry for what happened to Chandra, but maintained that he did not do it. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Ingmar appealed and was granted a new trial as the jury had not been informed that the star witness was an informant. They only thought he was the former jailmate. They didn't know that How he was actually working with the police. I don't know. And they had not been informed that this informant had been caught lying several times in other cases. Oops. In 2016, a neighbor of the informant produced a secret recording that she had made of this informant where he fucking confessed that he had perjured himself on the stand and it was not true. Wow. Okay. 
So they have to, uh, the conviction, overturn it. Boom. The prosecution had no choice but to drop all charges because they felt Mm -hmm. like they had very little evidence to go off of anyways. Yeah. And now the one thing they have is done. So they were like, there's no way to win this case beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Ingmar was then released, but immediately deported back to El Salvador on May 7th, May 5th, 2017. And I'm guessing that's the last we've heard of him. That's the last we heard of him. Yeah. Chandra's father, Robert, later then apologized to Gary publicly. He said that he, at that time, in the beginning, he was just doing anything to point Gary as the villain mm-hmm. because he was desperate for answers and wanted to keep this case in the public eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that motherfucker was lying. <laughs> right. Chandra's parents have dedicated their time to helping missing persons foundations. Oh. Uh, Susan Levy, Chandra's mom, even helped in the efforts to find Lacey Peterson, which is another crazy story that we'll save for another day. Another crazy Modesto story, too. I thought we did that one, no? No. Oh. Um, I always watch stuff on Scott Peterson, though, because I yeah. that case is really weird to me. And um, Yeah, I'd like to do a story on it. I just saw... Did you see on Netflix this thing called American Family Murder? Yeah, I just watched it. Yeah, it was... Uh, that one was weird because seemingly... I don't know. Like, it was just weird to me. Like... I don't really understand what the motive was for like the entire family annihilation. Right. Yeah. Cause it didn't look like the affair he was having uh-huh. was like low key. Like it didn't look like him and that girl were like in love. Like right, it looked right, like they right. just started dating. Yeah. And remember they asked her, the police were like, did you ever tell him? Yeah. Like, and she's we like, could no. be together if you just didn't have this family or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like those five weeks when she was gone was like the first time he really chilled with this girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he just flipped and fucking killed her. Like, I don't know. That was super weird to me. And I wonder if he was on steroids because he was like, oh, no, because he wasn't like buff. He was he was all thin. Yeah. You know what was creepy to me about that documentary was just the sheer amount of footage that we had because him because she put her whole life on camera the internet yeah and then we had like all the body cam the police footage and stuff i was like I that's was, fucking weird i was totally saying the same thing like this is an interesting uh an interesting take on like why body cam footage is actually great yeah because yeah, like we sure. would not have had that in any other scenario mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. we had like the fucking instance like the beginning of this mm-hmm, whole fucking mm-hmm. thing you know yeah all right anyways that's a whole another thing <laughs> i don't know i don't like that one um, and then I got into a fucking hole on Wikipedia on family annihilation cases. And Ooh, like, that no. was like a whole fucking thing. Mm-mm. Anyways. Okay. So there was a lot of criticism on the Chandra case from day one. Obviously her parents quickly mobilized and they did honestly all the right things. Mm-hmm. They reached out to missing persons foundations. They offered cash rewards. They hired their own private investigators mm-hmm. and they sought hella media attention. Yeah. Cause her name and her picture was fucking everywhere. Everywhere. But their efforts never led to anything, and they were completely overshadowed by the seedy story of the affair with Gary Condit. Yeah. Plus, the media attention led to what appeared to be almost too much pressure on police who were fucking fumbling the entire way through the investigation. Yeah. Her body wasn't found until over a year later due to the fact that officers were just fucking confused about the scope of the search for the body. Like, it didn't... Like, that shit should not have happened. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As for Gary Condit, 
His reputation never recovered from being linked to the case. He sued Vanity Fair and Dominique Dunn for libel and suggesting that he had ordered Chandra to be killed. Did he win? Dunn paid an undisclosed amount to settle the lawsuit out of court. Yo. And then he sued Dunn again because like Dunn kind of like had it out for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like him. Yeah. <laughs> and and he su- he ended up suing Dunn again after they settled. And then that one, I think the judge just dismissed it. Mm-hmm. After the arrest of Ingmar, Condit's lawyer said that this was obviously vindication of gary but that it was way too late his career was gone and i think he said something famously like who's gonna give him his career back yeah condit ran for re-election in 2001 but lost primary and left congress at the end of his term in 2003 he moved to arizona with his wife where he opened two baskin robbins franchises oh no that's shady don't do that that's fucking weird (laughs) which failed and he's now a registered (laughs) lobbyist oh that's about that sounds about right and that's the story of Chandra Levy. It remains an unsolved murder. God damn. Isn't that crazy? Ugh. Well, I mean, I'm happy. That's weird to say, but I'm happy that at least we have the closure of like her family knows that she's gone. She's gone. Like, right. Yeah. Because the disappearance is yeah. terrible. That, man. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And I mean, there are unanswered questions, but I feel like, oh, we kind of, you know, we we have a decent idea of what happened to her yeah and like uh like a natalie holloway like that oh no that is like the yeah. worst case scenario i think don't just sit there let's get to it speak your mind there's nothing to it vote and if you don't vote you're gonna get a spanky so i i too have a story about a young lady that was gone too soon and that was a major national scandal um, let's talk about one of the biggest scandals of the early 2000s, Terry Schiavo. This one, I got a lot from Joan Didion's article, The Case of Teresa Schiavo, and also from the 50,000 Wikipedia articles on the topic. And also, like you, uh, an episode of You're Wrong About. Yeah. Uh, we have all the same episodes as them, but... Yeah. We have different styles. Yeah. <laughs> Did somebody tell you one time, like... Ours is like if you if your homegirl watched the news and they get, yes. set it back to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. They're the news. And yeah, we're yeah, like yeah, the yeah. ones listening to them and just like saying it back to you. We're um there's that SNL character. It used to be that dude, Bobby Moynihan, who would be like, uh, you hear about that guy, Dick Cheney? <laughs> like <laughs> I heard uh he shocked his friend. <laughs> yeah that's us yeah all right so let's start off by telling you a little bit about miss terry shiva born Teresa marie schindler on december 3rd 1963 in the suburbs of philadelphia to a very catholic family shout out to my fellow catholic december baby terry <laughs> <laughs> what a time what a month to be catholic december <laughs> i mean i mean if you're gonna be catholic and <laughs> a month Either December or, or when right? Santa. Yeah, April. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my girl Terry was a big girl. Uh, shout out to my fellow Catholic December baby, big girl Terry, although we're big in different directions because <laughs> I am tall and she was wide. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that Terry's family is super Catholic because that's probably the most important thing going on like in the background of this story. Yeah. 
Anyway, unfortunately, her bigness sort of spiraled out of control to obesity at a very young age. It seems like by her teens. She eventually ballooned to almost 250 pounds and she was only about five foot three. What do you do like now that we know that like overeating is really like back to mental health? Mm -hmm. Like if you're a parent and you see those things starting to happen, you know, do you like immediately take your kid into therapy? Not immediately, but I would say, you know, just make sure that they have like um, a healthy relationship around food. They're able to talk to you about their problems right. or they have somebody to talk to about their problems. Right. And I think you try your best. I think like immediately putting them into, into therapy, they probably might think like, oh, oh shit, there's like there's something wrong, wrong with me. With me. Yeah. 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 I think you try to be like as conservative as possible to try not to put as much pressure so, on like, them. it's so like a sensitive thing, right? Like, yeah. yeah like you really got to tiptoe around that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you really got to walk on eggshells, but egg, <laughs> egg white shells, am I right? Because <laughs> you don't want, also you can't be like, hey, you need to lose weight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. That causes other yeah. problems. Yeah. I always think about, um, there was that episode of Real Housewives when Harry Hamlin was talking to their their daughter the one that has an eating disorder yeah and it was like he was putting pressure on her to eat and she was like I'm, like i'm not fucking hungry like she just seemed like she was about to have a breakdown like on camera i was like this is uncomfortable right anyway oh another big unfortunately here is that unbeknownst to anyone she developed a pretty serious case of bulimia in pursuit of her weight loss uh -huh. She did eventually lose about 100 pounds starting in her late teens and into her early 20s. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Primarily using Nutrisystem, shout out to Nutrisystem, <laughs> and meal replacement shakes. I went on their website to look at it. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> That's so weird of that era, like the meal replacement type thing. Uh-huh. Because we really yeah. don't see that that often now. Because it's not good. No, it's, it's so bad healthy. for you. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and it's so, so unrealistic to maintain that. To, exactly. Like, exactly. With any kind of social life or romantic social right. life. Like, right, right, right. You can't take let's your Let's go on a date and let me eat this shake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you both have like champagne. You put the shakes in champagne flutes That's and then disgusting. like you both like drink them. <laughs> mm. So, anyway, she did lose the weight, but at what cost? Right. And how? Yeah. Right. And it turns out we're about to find out. And that's the thing about weight loss, man. We're so obsessed with being thin in our society that like and often under the guise of health and fitness. No, but, I bet you feel like shit on on that plan. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That shit is not healthy. No. You know, and it's like oh, how much we weigh has so much less to do with our health than what we've been led to believe like over the last 40 years or so right. where it's like you got to be skinny to be healthy no you fucking don't no. and there's and there's skinny people who are unhealthy but we don't talk about that right you know or we do we don't want to see it you know right anyway so yeah just do your best everyone try to incorporate as much uh fresh food as you can and a good variety for you a know? number of reasons <laughs> like right not right, even right. like weight is like like you're saying like basically weight is like the least of yeah. like the like important in terms of hierarchy for like why you should be eating fresh fruits and vegetables mm -hmm. but like we know that that food is linked to cancer fighting like mm -hmm. you know yeah, it's yeah. Just makes you feel better exactly gonna, for your mental health you're gonna <laughs> poop better you're gonna like, have more energy yeah exactly yeah. you will yeah oh fuck yeah 
Yeah. yeah. Eat as best as you can. Get moving as much as you Even if it's just like 10, 15 minutes a day. Every once fucking... in a while, look up the menu on Taco Bell and be like, oh, Yo. damn. <laughs> so it's, like, it's, not... <laughs> it's not worth it. Exactly. But it looks it's good. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's not rocket science. What is rocket science, though, is learning to love your body in spite of like all this bullshit that we're fed from the time we're fucking five, six years old, you know? Yeah, for sure but i digress let me get off my soapbox yeah no i hate that shit too especially like as somebody who's struggled with like being slightly overweight or chubby or whatever like it always bothers me because i'm healthy yeah (laughs) yeah it's and if we could just normalize being healthy yeah like regardless of what that looks like and being and loving that's why i love lizzo dude like yeah loving yourself yeah yeah we'd all be in a lot better shape no pun intended uh anyway so what's sad is that we don't really know a whole lot about terry aside from the fact that she was a big girl at some point yeah Um, and even that was something i wasn't super aware of before i started the research for this the other main thing that we know about terry is that she had a man named michael she been there (laughs) (laughs) in 1982 terry and michael met as college students at bucks county community and they (laughs) fell in love i'm a big fan of michael by the way so if you don't know anything about this story not to spoil it but it's safe to let your guard down and if you're like me and immediately become suspicious of a man when he enters a story (laughs) like like, gary con yeah yeah exactly (laughs) like don't worry don't worry this it's fine (laughs) so terry and michael are just two crazy kids in love and he's her first kiss and they get married in november of 1984 when terry's just 21 years old that's crazy (laughs) and she married her first kiss dude that's fucking crazy (laughs) and despite being so young both families are really happy for them in particular terry's family the schindlers who fucking love michael and michael quickly becomes a member of their family and they're super close everything's going great like they're so close that when the schindlers moved to florida in 1986 terry and michael straight up moved to florida too to stay close with them so in Florida, they start setting up roots. Terry works in insurance and Michael works as a restaurant manager. Truly the most normal of normal shit. Yeah. My girl, Terry, keeps losing more and more weight. So she's feeling herself. They're in Florida now. So she gets to wear bikinis and is actually pretty confident in them. And I mean, like, why wouldn't you be? It seems like you've got that burden of weight off your back, which was a huge issue for you before. You've got a husband that loves you and you guys are happy and shit is lit. Yeah. The only thing is we can't ignore what's happening in the background, which is her continued disordered eating. We know that she was bulimic, but let's throw something else into the mix now. She pretty much has herself on mostly a liquid diet. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, because those fu- that fucking diet doesn't teach you how to eat, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, you know, she likes her weight loss shakes. And besides that, she drinks up to 15 glasses of iced tea a day. <gasps> May. Yeah. Oh, my Just God. Like chugging iced tea. Yo, iced tea is bomb, though. But <laughs> I love an iced tea. Dude, I love an Arnold lemon? Palmer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Girl. Oh. <laughs> so Terry with the OG, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. <laughs> <laughs> 
Girl, don't lie. <laughs> don't lie to by, these people, man. <laughs> which, by the way, Kate Moss, clearly you've never had Guatemalan tamales. I was going to say tamales. <laughs> I was going to say, man, you and I both ate tamales. Hey, yeah, exactly. If Kate Moss had had them, like, she would have never said that stupid shit, ever. Yep. Anyway, Terry is absolutely wrecking her body, but she's happy, you know, which is like, ugh. Oh. So that's when the Shivas decide that they want to keep Red in this wave and they decide that they want to expand their family. Time to have a baby. But it turns out that it's not as easy as they would have hoped, most likely because of Terry's disordered eating. Right. She'd stopped menstruating at some point. So she went to her obstetrician to figure out if the fact that she wasn't getting pregnant had something to do with this. But it seems like that's as far as looking into her infertility went. I mean to say no one, including her OB, was getting antsy yet. They're not like balls deep testing her. They literally don't even do a blood test. They're not looking at options, IVF or adoption or whatever. They're just like, hmm, all right, like keep trying. Not everyone gets pregnant within the first five minutes. So at around 4.30 a.m. on the morning of February 25th, 1990, 26-year-old Terry collapses. Michael was in bed when he hears the thud and realizes that Terry wasn't in bed next to him. So he gets up and he finds her face down in the hallway of their apartment, unresponsive. So he immediately calls 911. He also calls Terry's brother, who lives in the same building as them. Again, that's how close this fucking family was. Right. The paramedics get there within a few minutes. But meanwhile, Terry stopped breathing and there is no pulse. But she was successfully resuscitated on the way to the hospital where they determined that she'd collapsed because she'd gone into cardiac arrest. I'm sorry, May. How old is she? 26. Okay. And she lost the weight in like her early 20s? She lost the weight like before she met Michael. So she got married at 21. Yeah. So she she lost the weight like at 19, 20. So she's had this like weird diet since at least her teens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so it was quickly determined that Terry had hypokalemia, which means low potassium. And uh, she had about half of what you'd expect for a, for a normal person. Dude, and that's crazy. Low potassium is dangerous because... Super dangerous. In scientific terms, it fucks with your heart. And as the Black Eyed Peas would say, no, 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 no. Don't funk yeah. with my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, low potassium levels and other electrolyte imbalances are a side effect of hyperhydration, which is bound to happen when you're drinking 15 iced teas and hella weight loss shakes per day. Wow. So poor Terry had a bad heart. I feel like that's always like the first thing they check on my grandma, her potassium. Her potassium? Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever we've gone to the doctor and Mm -hmm. they do blood work, that's always like one of the first things they look at. It's the most basic when you get a... um, comparative blood panel like it's like just one of the the only things that they're really looking at (laughs) one time they had like she did have like slightly low potassium and they Mm -hmm. gave her a pill and my grandma grandma said it tasted like banana and i was like like shut up (laughs) (laughs) so unfortunately due to the time she'd gone without oxygen she'd suffered massive brain damage and fell into a coma which after two and a half months, it became clear was now a persistent vegetative state. Oh my gosh. And soon after, the court appointed Michael as her legal guardian. Again, she was not in a coma. She was in a persistent vegetative state. A coma, just to simplify it, think of it as you're just unconscious. 
A persistent vegetative state means that all electrical activity is gone. There is no thinking, no feeling, no hearing, no senses at all. You're gone, period. Your brainstem still works so you can breathe, your organs work, but that's it. You are existing if that, <laughs> if we're being real, but you're not living. You are alive in the way that a plant is alive. You're, your yeah, you're, you're a body. Yeah, exactly. Your body is alive, but like you are and gone. everything that makes you, you is just not there anymore. Like, it's can that. I ask you something, mate? Like, hmm. so the way that her, like the way that it happened, it was a cardiac, what episode? Cardiac, cardiac arrest. So, so her, her heart just stopped. And that like, there was seemingly no, like, nothing leading up to that i mean obviously like sh we know like she had this mm -hmm. crazy diet but right, right like right. her husband or nobody could see anything no idea really there was nothing leading up to that so she had like a seemingly normal day with her mans mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he just woke up and found her like that yeah yeah oh my god that's fucking terrible yeah so yeah so terry's gone and that shouldn't be controversial, nor should it be up for debate, honestly. No, it's science. But listen, we're human. We're human <laughs> beings. And it's and it's easy for me to say that unequivocally and frankly coldly because it's not my daughter. It's not my loved one that's in that position. I get that. I get that it's complicated when you're actually living it. And, you know, I, I don't want to give too much away in the interest of their privacy, but I have a little bit of experience dealing with people in persistent vegetative states and it's absolutely one of the darkest things that i've ever been around right and it's really because of the families and like the one that i'm specifically thinking of the patient suffered an injury like as a young child and when i met them they had been in this in the persistent vegetative state for like over 20 years what yeah which is actually really really rare i was gonna say you usually like die these patients will die within six months of their injury from complications from the injury right but if they survive those six months they'll usually die within like two to five years yeah because you're uh -uh. just muscles just go to shit your, your just, brain goes to shit exactly you're wasting away you're yeah. wasting away so like for the ones that survive 10 plus years that's like pretty rare yeah so like this patient the family would walk into a room and then the patient would like smile or something. But those are those are just reflexes. It's right. like a, you don't feel anything. You're not recognizing that a person just walked into a room. It's just like an electrical snap that happens in your body a million times a day. And it just so happened that it happened like when you walked into the room. So it's like the family is seeing things that they they see what they want they want to see. see. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. Ugh, it's just it's really sad they put this kid through school like i saw yeah i saw pictures of them like in the wheelchair going through school and that's like super dark to me like yeah, that, that is are, really dark that you are projecting feelings and emotions onto someone that's just not there and it's just yeah it was weird my heart like broke for these people and it also it's really weird for you as like a third party because now you have to treat this person as if they're there. Right. Which, you know, for like, because you want to show these people compassion. You're not going right. to be like, well, like. Yeah, like, oh, fuck you, know. you guys. Yeah, Yeah, no. exactly. And now, like, you feel some type of way because you're like, this is fucking weird, you know? Yeah, like, everybody's so fragile and, like, you're not about to just right. break them. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the road to acceptance needs to happen overnight. 
And in Terry's case, her family spent damn near three years doing absolutely everything in their power to fight for her. We're talking experimental treatments, like an implant in her brain to stimulate her nerves, speech, and occupational therapy, everything in hopes of a miracle. All the while, Michael and the Schindlers are united and as close as ever. Michael has even moved in with them rent-free. Wow. And this man, let me tell you about this man. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Yeah. So Michael fucking loved Terry, and he knew that she was someone that cared a lot about her appearance. So he would take her in a wheelchair to the hair salon to make sure that she looked her best. He made audio recordings of all of Terry's loved ones talking to her and put them on a Walkman for her to listen to. This psychopath even literally went to nursing school and became a nurse so that he could better take care of her and make sure that she was getting the best care at her long-term care facility where she lived. And he's like a nurse. Like, he's still a nurse now, right? Yeah, he's a nurse, yeah. (laughs) so wild. So he was so involved with her care, over-involved actually, to the point where the facility had to hire, had to file a restraining order so that he would back off and, like, not visit her, like, so, so much. And... (laughs) yeah so he was all in dude like this man said that he made a vow and like that was that yeah the schindlers were even like dude move on like she's not coming back you're young get back out there yeah seriously (laughs) that would be so hard to watch i know especially somebody young because you're like you you don't want to be alone for the rest of your life like you're exactly yeah they were 26 when that happened like so he did actually bring a girl by to get their blessing Because this is still his family, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And just FYI, that relationship didn't work out. But but anyway, next up is when things start to take a turn. In 1992, Michael sues Terry's obstetrician for malpractice. Because had the doctor done a basic blood test, they would have clocked the potassium problem. How the fuck did they not do that? No idea. That's like the first thing they do. It seems like they were just like, uh, you're yeah because she's you'll so be young fine. yeah exactly yeah. And, and then uh, so they're like she's healthy right exactly and one of terry's friends testified that she knew that terry was bulimic so it's like you know this patient had an extreme weight loss at least preliminary fertility difficulty you do the blood test it reveals the potassium deficiency you say oh shit and eat some bananas ask about the disordered eating because vomiting might lower your potassium levels you put her on potassium send her to the cardiologist maybe this whole thing could have been avoided and the jury awarded michael 6.8 million although it was later reduced to 2 million because terry was considered to be partly responsible for her own condition oh interesting yeah because i mean like yeah she was sick she did it to herself i guess is the thinking so after attorney's fees and whatnot, Michael got... Sue Nutrisystem. I was going to say, how is Nutrisystem not uh, yeah. partially responsible? I'm sure like there's uh, something that you Clause. sign when you... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Michael got 300000 and put 750000 in a trust for Terry's medical care for the rest of her life. And that money came just in time, too, because they were doing like fucking car washes and bake sales and shit to raise money to take care of Terry. Wow. But according to Michael, the Schindlers were salty that they didn't get a piece of this money. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And the Schindlers claim, no, Michael got his money and didn't give a fuck about Terry anymore. 
and he wanted to wash his hands of her and bounce. One thing led to another and Michael got into a fist fight with Terry's dad. Oh no. And that was the last time Michael and the Schindler spoke to this day. Oh no. Cuz of fucking money. Money, yeah. Dude, uh, money is Yeah. Mm. Okay. Then in 1993, Terry got a pretty bad urinary tract infection. And when you're in a persistent vegetative state, this is the type of thing that kills you. You will get some sort of infection. It will spread. You will go septic or you'll get pneumonia or something and die. So Michael, after consulting with Terry's team of doctors, says, you know what? I do not want Terry resuscitated should things get that dire. In other words, Michael re- requested a DNR, a so do not resuscitate order. In the state now? Uh, three years. Okay. So remember, it's been like three years and most people die within five. Right. So really what her medical team is saying is that the most humane thing to do is let nature run its course, you know. No need to prolong this more than necessary and Michael agrees. But you know who doesn't agree? The Schindlers. Of course. Mm-hmm. And they petition the hospital to convince Michael to consent to treat the infection. And Michael just like sort of throws up his hands and he's like, all right, whatever. Like, it's fine. But then the Schindlers sue Michael to get him removed as her legal guardian. Wow. And we now have the first big lawsuit between the two parties. The case goes through the court system for like two years until the judge finally throws it out because the law is pretty clear. I should say at least in Florida because I don't know if it's the same everywhere. But unless you have a living will that says otherwise, your legal guardian in the event that you're incapacitated is your spouse. Right. Like there's no wiggle room here. So the judge was like, the fuck is this lawsuit? Get the shit out of here. Right. He dicho caso cerrado. Also around this time, Michael starts dating this sweetheart named Jody. Jody totally gets Michael and his situation and that he loves Terry and is devoted to Terry until the bitter end. And guess what? Like the goddamn angel that she is, Jody loves Terry too. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Like she'll go and spend time with Terry and she'll make clothes for her and do her makeup and shit. Oh my God, me. It's per- it makes me so happy for Michael because this yeah, is exactly that's what he deserves. It's what he deserves. And it's like the type of to get so lucky to meet this kind of partner that just understands that. Like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, because somebody else would be petty and jealous. And Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Jody, you fucking saint. <laughs> they, they eventually move in together and have two babies, which I Aww. love. <laughs> so. Then a couple more years go by, and in 1998, Michael filed a petition to have Terry's feeding tube removed. And then the Schindlers are like, oh, hell no. And they sue Michael because they say that to do so, meaning like to take away the feeding tube, would would have been against Terry's wishes. But Michael is like, you know what? I'm ready for this to be settled. I won't do this back and forth thing in the courts. And he got the court to appoint a temporary neutral third-party guardian, basically a conservator to investigate and review the case with Terry's doctor and make a recommendation to the court. God damn. So he's like, you know, I'm going to take myself out of it. Like whatever you guys, whatever the neutral third party says is best. I'm willing to do that. I'm just not going to do this anymore. Right. And the conservator said, yep, it's true. Terry's gone. She isn't coming back. Her brain has literally mostly been replaced by spinal fluid. Oh, wow. However, 
I don't think that Michael can make the end of life decisions for her because of the conflict of interest of him inheriting her estate when she dies. Oh, interesting. Which would be the money that was saved for her in trust for medical treatment? Yeah, exactly. However, however, he also said if Michael divorces Terry, which is what the Schindlers want at this point. Well, then they'll take over. Exactly. So they would have the same conflict of interest because they would then be the ones to inherit her estate. Right. So the conservator didn't do shit. Yeah, and- <laughs> what a bitch. I would have been so pissed. Right. And yeah. actually, it makes no fucking sense because then who can make those decisions and Nobody. not have a conflict of interest? Right. You know? Your yeah. fucking boss, your neighbor, your third grade teacher. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Oh, okay. So here's the thing about the law, which makes me feel a little ridiculous because I'm about to explain the law to my attorney, but whatever. <laughs> hey, man. Okay. You know as much as me. <laughs> I'm Lionel Hutz. <laughs> Attorney at law. Attorney at law. Put my business card in water and it turns into a sponge. <laughs> okay, so right to die laws. And again, I can only speak for Florida, although it, California it might... is probably about the same. Okay, yeah. I was going to say it could be like this everywhere. Mm-hmm. But everyone has the right to refuse medical care. Yep, patients' rights, mm-hmm. including food and water. But if you're incapacitated and you don't have a living will, your guardian has to act in accordance with what would be your end of life wishes. Right. So it's like if if it's unknown, they can't just be like, well, I'm the one that makes a decision. So the decision is this like it has to be they have to prove like with some sort of evidence, especially if it ends up like this in court, they have to provide right. some sort of evidence as to what your wishes would have been. Right. Which is impossible, by the way. Right. I mean, like unless you're like somebody who's really sitting down and having those kinds of conversations which at fucking 24 26 you're not yeah exactly yeah yeah so the evidence was pretty slim in this case because at best all we have are the off offhand comments she made to witnesses which you can sort of take with a grain of salt because it's like what you're saying like when you're young you're not necessarily thinking about these things and like the offhand comments are like michael's grandma or something was sick and she said around his family when they were like at his grandma's bedside like oh don't let that be me or something like you know just one of those things that people fucking say yeah anyway and the schindlers couldn't really provide evidence for their argument either aside from saying that they were catholics and that the church is against euthanasia but there's really no evidence that terry was as religious as they were right so that doesn't get to the root of what terry would want right so the judge rules that Michael can have the tube removed. Basically, oh, that, wow. that, that he'd know best. And oh, that's sh- great. And the Schindlers immediately appeal. And then oh, their lawyers God. file hella motions and shit to stall and stall and stall to ensure that this gets tied up in court for as long as possible, which is basically a win for them. You know what I mean? Like, Right. That's a that's definitely a fucking game plan. Exactly. The because the point I've is... I've done that before, my dude. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> yeah. Because the point is to get to maintain the status quo, right? Right. And She's by, alive. Right. And by tying it up in court, that's exactly what you're doing. How much money are they spending on this shit? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like, for what? Which is, like, I want to... This is probably the point where I should say, like, I don't want to make them out to be the villains here. because, And we got to remember they're Catholic, like how you were saying. Exactly. Like, they obviously... They're doing this because they love their daughter and they think that this is what God would want and, 
But doesn't a little part of you just think that they're doing it to get at Michael? Yeah, a little part. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, if if he divorces her like they want, they, you know, maybe they get their daughter, they get the control, and they get the money if they choose to, you know, enforce that control or whatever. Right. I guess they could, I guess that's like, you could see kind of both ways in that sense, right? Right. Well, I don't, you know, I don't think they're bad people. I pity them. You know? I do. I feel bad. That's fucked up. Because I, I think... hope this happens to nobody I know and nobody who I know that they know. <laughs> exactly. Because like, uh... like I, I think they're I think they're blind. And I think that that's preventing them from making what I'm sure is a difficult choice. But I'm even more sure is the right choice. Right. <laughs> you know, so these court battles go on and on and on in the courts with Michael getting a ruling and then the Schindler's appealing then the Schindler's trying a different strategy Michael winning they appeal and we do the whole thing over and over and over again meanwhile it's clear that the court is getting annoyed with the Schindler's because right. each ruling is like come on guys like how many times are we gonna do this and it's like, always for Michael right it's always for Michael and the judge is like, like you know it starts off very like I mean, and it's never the the judge is never like fuck you guys, but like it's yeah, because not- like how you're saying, like you want to show empathy, and- right, right, yeah. And, but then by the end, it, it like the judge is pretty clear, like we know what you're doing, you right? Know? And they're just congesting the courts, and that's uh-huh. fucked up for other reasons. Yeah, that's very selfish use of legal, uh, right, of legal law, law <laughs> <laughs> of the la la of blah 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 blah. So the year is now 2003, and we've basically been in court since 1993. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing about 2003 is that Terry's case kind of catches the eye of conservative pro-lifers on the religious right. Thank you, George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And they figure they can use Terry and the Schindlers to advance their own fucking agenda. So they use their influence to turn what had up until this point been a private matter with literally zero press coverage into a huge national news story and scandal. And they pay the Schindler's legal fees to keep up this fight in the courts to its ultimate conclusion. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember hearing this like on the radio on the way to school every day. Yeah, like, it was my huge. mom would have it on the radio like every fucking morning right. before she would drop me off at school. And what kind of a, like, this has nothing, this is nobody's fucking business. This is no, like a not. very private matter. Like, I feel like the these are the monsters in this story. Like, exploiting them. <laughs> exactly. For something that doesn't even have anything to do, like, it's ultimately about the babies. Yeah, like, right. a, a, a quote unquote baby. It's about abortion, is what this right. is like getting to the root of. Right. Like, oh, okay. So I'm guessing, like, they wanted to take this fight up, like, to the Supreme Court if need be to, like, set national law right they demonize michael implying that he might have had a hand in her initial accident oh no Mm -hmm. this was like a big fox news like talking point like oh we don't know like maybe maybe he didn't call 911 right away or some shit they don't like that michael melted down terry's engagement ring but it's because he used it to make himself a ring so that he could always have a piece of her with him. Always. Mm. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there's basically no money left in the trust. So the idea that Michael wants her dead for the money is idiotic. 
Really? Well, because she's lived much longer than anyone would expected, have expected. Yeah. Can you sue again in that case or no? No. Yeah? What you got is what you got. That fucking yeah. sucks. Oh, okay. So they change the narrative on Terry and say that she's not in a persistent vegetative state or even in a coma, but that she's cognitively impaired. Oh, <laughs> conscious <laughs> uncoupling. Okay. <laughs> that she has something like uh, Down syndrome. And oh, like, interesting. And you guys want to kill her because she's impaired? Oh, oh and well. now we're killing her. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, what's next? Like, are we going to do that to the babies? And, like, oh, that, my you know. God. Yeah. So, Michael and Jody start getting death threats. It's fucking gross. <gasps> because this is now one of the biggest stories in the country, you know, the Pope had to weigh in. <laughs> Oh, what Pope was uh, Pope this? JP2? JP yeah. Damn. So Pope John Paul II showed up and was like, we got to keep her alive. Oh, damn it, JP2. Yeah. The governor of Florida, Jeb, please clap Bush, was, was getting <laughs> <laughs> was getting all fucked up because he was getting, he got almost 30,000 letters from around the country talking about, save Terry, you got to do something. Finally, a judge is like, enough, Michael, do what you got to do. And Michael rem- removes Terry's feeding tube. Good. What year was that? This is in 03. Okay. The Schindlers exhaust their final appeal within the week. And then the Florida state legislator called an emergency session and passed Terry's law allowing. What? This is some f- major bullshit. Listen to this. So this law allows the governor to overturn a court ruling and order a feeding tube reinserted when there's no <gasps> living will and there's family conflict. And that's exactly what Jeb Bush fucking did. Oh my God. Ugh. Why do you want to do this? Why would you do this to this family? Exactly. And they're suffering. Like you're a piece of shit, honestly. Yeah. Why insert yourself? Because now you're inserting yourself. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Then the ACLU started representing Michael. God bless Hell the motherfucking yeah. ACLU, baby. <laughs> I don't have any other ones. Sorry. So in 2004, the ACLU challenged Terry's law in court and it was immediately struck down. Yeah. What kind of bullshit was that? That shit is unconstitutional. Florida is the fucking <laughs> it's the wild out there. There's, of course, an appeal. And finally, in 2004, the Florida Supreme Court is like, bruh, this shit is unconstitutional. Yeah. The Schindlers spend the next several months doing their thing, filing emergency injunctions, dragging this out. You know the drill. But out comes the feeding tube on March 18th, 2005, and protests break out. So, like, outside of where they have Terry, like, at her hospice and stuff, there's, yeah. you know, people on both sides just, like... Yeah. Save Terry. Like, let Terry go. Whatever. Oh, no. Then something crazy happens. <laughs> the United States Congress gets involved and the House passes a bill that George W. Bush signs into law. Oh, that, God. That weirdly only applies to Terry. I didn't know that that was a thing. <sighs> that you could have a law that only applies to one person. But anyway, so basically that law stripped Michael of his rights to make end of life decisions for her. But the Florida courts were like, what? No, that's not how this works. That's not right. how any of this works. So then Jeb Bush was like, uh, Terry Shibo's being abused. Yeah, that's a ticket abused with no like 
Yeah, like, by who, what are you talking about, bro? Like, yeah, out of nowhere. Just like, yeah. he's like just spinning his fucking wheels. Yeah. So then he sends in the cops to remove her from the hospice <gasps> and replace the feeding tube. And, what? But the courts were like, no, you absolutely will the fuck not do that. And then, <laughs> and then Jeb got scared and was like, okay, yeah, please clap. And finally, finally, Terry Schiavo died 13 days after her feeding tube was removed on March 31st, 2005, 15 years after she went into cardiac arrest. Oh, my God. In all, there were 30 legal rulings in this case. And interestingly, <gasps> they were all in favor of Michael. That's insane. Like, yeah. that's fucking unheard of. Right. Which is like, I mean, it sucks that it had to go on for this long. But Oh, yeah. Thank God. Thank God. The fucking persistence of that family is yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah. But then also they had those people paying like paying them. Later, yeah. 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 Uh, the Schindlers and Michael had separate funerals for Terry. Oh. Because of course they're not on speaking terms. The autopsy, by the way, confirmed that her brain was non-functional. It literally oh, shrunk by I half. Say, at that point, is it like even? It was literally spinal fluid. The, nothing was there, you know. Oh, so no. it's like, yeah, and remember, there was like propaganda, like circa two thousand three, two thousand four, on TV. We'd see videos of Terry like um, following a balloon that was in a room with her eyes. But no, it was like they. Michael says that they took hours and hours and hours like eight hours of footage to condense it into like four minutes of usual usable footage to show her supposedly reacting to stimuli but oh my god so terry's gravestone reads beloved wife born december 3rd 1963 departed this earth february 25th 1990 at peace march 31st 2005 i kept oh. my promise oh no my sweet, beautiful Michael and Jody got married. Oh. And Michael uses his, he, he used his melted down ring and he used it as a second ring to put on Jody to symbolize the love they both had for Terry. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? Yeah. So that's Terry's story. And I just want to say that I think it's really important, no matter how young you are, no matter how invincible you think you are, to make sure that people know your feelings about stuff like this yeah put it on paper if you can file an advanced directive or living will uh this is the sort of thing that obviously can tear families apart and can leave you in a position that you'd never choose for yourself and it all can be avoided yeah seriously and i know these conversations can be awkward to have sometimes especially i'll say like in latin american families like well, we don't talk about that kind of shit right especially the older generations like they do not want to have these conversations and they're so important just fucking do it yeah seriously because that the saddest thing is that terry's story isn't even really about terry exactly it's about like her parents and yeah i don't know it just became like a controversial thing mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. with people like projecting their own shit onto uh, them yeah yeah it's been fucking sucks um i know steph knows what i'd want but let me go on record and say pull the fucking plug i do not give a damn literally if i'm in a coma and they're like and they say you can make a, a full coma? recovery and yeah if, if they're like she's gonna make a full recovery but she's gonna have chin acne pull the fucking plug <laughs> shut up <laughs> not my face i want i want to emerge 
<laughs> hotter than before or not at all. <laughs> You're so I would not want to be that way. Like I would want whatever that piece for my own body to reach whatever my yeah. the rest of my mind is, mm-hmm. wherever that may be. Mm-hmm. But also I would just want that piece for my family, for my friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't want I can imagine like thinking like, oh, Hoel's gonna come visit me at the hospital every day and not move on with his life. Like yeah. I would want him to move on. And like when do you get to mourn for that person? Like Exactly. Yeah. What an awful not- weird middle Yeah. That shit is Mm-mm. not fucking healthy. And then there was like a weird part where There's gonna be somebody that's like, Don't put <laughs> be like, yo. <laughs> There's there was like this weird thing where the like in one of the early trials or like uh, not trials, but uh, court appearances where Michael's attorney asks the Schindlers like, uh, you know, if we're talking worst case scenario, like if she lost all of her limbs and like, would you still want to maintain the feeding tube and maintain her artificially alive? And they're like, of course. Like, oh my so it's like to what extent like are you willing to put? Yeah. Like, like have project her, your stuff onto yes, her exactly yeah. and then she's just having less and less dignity and it's like the yeah all you can ask for in death is dignity and like you're taking Seriously. that away from her i know it's yeah. fucked up it's sad. super interesting though yeah shout out to um the podcast you're wrong about for seriously basically doing our podcast for us this week <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod on the website dramaclubpod.com. On the hotline, 505-539-0556 at our P.O. Box, P.O. Box number 27433 LACA90027. Leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll talk to you on Thursday with a brand new Afternoon Delight episode. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet. <laughs>